0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse 27. I'd like to make this declaration over our hearts before we read. For those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live, please share this video. I believe that this message is truly going to grip somebody's heart and encourage them in the season that they're finding themselves in right now. Amen. Say this. This is the infallible, undisputed, and inerrant Word of God. Today, I open up my heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truth. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Please remain standing. Matthew chapter 27, verse 27, and it says this. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns around his head and a reed in his right hand, they bowed their knee before him and mocked him saying, "Hail, king of the Jews!" and then they spat on him. And they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. And now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. We all need friends in dark seasons in our lives to help us bear what we're carrying, don't we? And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. I want to just park there for just one moment, if, if I may be allowed, just one moment. One of the reasons why Jesus refused the wine is because if someone was suffering and feeling physical pain, they would take wine to numb themselves to take away the pain but he refused he refused to take the easy road unlike many of us when we're going through deep dark seasons we give in to certain things but we do that and we exclude ourselves from one important thing embracing all that God would have to teach us through that season look at somebody and say don't drink the wine I see some of you wine drinkers like no I love communion And then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over there, kept watch, excuse me, over over him there. And they put up over his head the accusation written against him, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads, saying, Who can destroy the temple and build it in three days? Save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down off of that cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking him with the scribes and elders, the religious leaders. And they said, He saved others, but himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down from that cross, and we will believe him. And he trusted God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. And now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama Shabbatani, that is, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? And some of those who stood by there, when they heard that, they said, this man is calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And then behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to the bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. You may have your seats. We are all taught in mainstream Christianity, most of us, that we go from glory to glory and that is scripture and that is true. But sometimes in the midst of going from glory to glory and from mountaintop to mountaintop, there are valleys in between that. And we oftentimes face great difficulties and God doesn't allow great difficulties to break us, although that's the way that we're feeling in the moment. They're actually to make us and to prepare us for what God has next for our lives. And so generally in mainstream Christianity, we're taught we go from glory to glory, we go from faith to faith, we go from mountaintop to mountaintop. Not many valleys are mentioned in some spirit filled churches. They will preach sermons about valley low experiences and some mountain high experiences. But for the most part, as I think of this particular portion of scripture, it doesn't take a prophet to discern the fact that I'm judging by human standards. This is one of the lowest points of Jesus' life. And all of us at some point will follow that same model. Jesus actually promised it. He said, In this life, you will have trouble. But I love the backside of that verse. He says, But be of good cheer. I want you to look at somebody and say that. Be of good cheer. Look at someone else and say, It's not over. Come on, you can look behind you, Joseph. It's not over. Be of good cheer. Because I, this is Jesus talking, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus is finding himself at his lowest point in his life. He's 33 and a half years old when this is taking place, give or take a few months. And as I reflected on this scripture, and I have been over the past week, I've just been trying to digest it. As I'm reading the scriptures, I'm, 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 it's almost like I'm there, I'm a very visual person, but yet I have a pretty wild imagination. I'm creative, you could probably tell I'm pretty in, an intense person. I'm not uh, very um, monotone, you know? So when I'm reading these stories, I'm, I'm seeing them beat Jesus. I'm seeing them t- tie him to the whipping post. I'm seeing the cat of nine tails. I Googled what the cat of nine tails was, what they whipped him with, with many different stripes. And there was bones attached to those strings. It was like, it looked like a whip with many cords on it. There were bone fragments, glass, uh, metals, different things, and they whipped him. Isaiah gives the description hundreds of years before this would even happen. And the Bible says that Jesus was marred more than any man. In other words, he was unrecognizable. They beat him so much and I'm thinking about this, God, Jesus had this profound destiny. And yet here he is. They're mocking him saying, look, you saved people. You healed the sick. You raised the dead, but you can't even save yourself on that cross. And I started thinking to myself, and I know some people like this. You may know some. Have you ever felt, am I the only one who's felt this way? Can I be transparent? I sit with certain people, and they will tell me certain of their issues, certain things about their life, and I'm like, you know, you've been through a lot of great things. It's just a matter of time before you've gone through a difficult season like this. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever met people that have, for the most part, have had a pretty decent life? You ever, you ever felt that way? And you ask yourselves the question, why am I the one always going through this but my best friend? Never has any problems. Never has any financial issues. Never has any marital problems. And I'm the one who's always going through something. Can I? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. But I have felt like that many times. I've been oftentimes jealous of my good friend Matthew. Uh, that's his name. I've seen what he's going through. But I have also seen him, as of late, go through many, many recent challenges and. And and if you look close enough in your life when you're going through challenges, you can and will see the hand of God because God has a purpose in our pain. He has a purpose in our difficulties. Let me make it practical. God has a purpose in what America is going through right now and whatever it is that you're going through in your life. But as I reflected, my holy imagination began to run wild and I started thinking about Jesus' early life. It was almost like he was due for a challenge in some respects, maybe not that type of a challenge. I mean, this is a really valley low experience. But as I began to reflect back on his life, I thought to myself, Jesus didn't really go through any really abnormal challenges. I mean, the Bible mentions Joseph as being his earthly father. He was a divine seed, so he, wasn't his bi- he was not his biological father in a sense. But everybody know who Joseph was? This was Jesus' father. He taught Jesus the trade of carpentry. And there was an account an account of this when Jesus was 12 years old and Jesus gets lost. And however, after that, there are no other mentions of Joseph in the Bible, the entire Bible. Meaning Jesus must have lost him between the age of 12 or 13 or 29, somewhere in that range, between 12 and 29 years old. So so Jesus lost his earthly father. So he had gone through something. Have you ever thought about that? And there's some type of level of emotional pain that one goes through when they go through a challenge like that. So he he lost his father somewhere in between there, so we know that there probably was something that Jesus went through. Would we agree? And secondly, as I continue to evaluate his life, he was divine seed, so he wasn't actually from Joseph, but Joseph took the place of a father, and that would make his siblings, Jesus' siblings, half-brothers and siblings which presents some type of relational dynamic between his siblings. Oh, y'all don't want to get real in the church. You know, we you're growing up with certain kids, you know, I'm, I'm the only one who has a different father than my siblings. You know what they told me growing up? We found you in a, a river. Look, he's holding his head. See, look at him. He didn't know I'd ever mention that from the pulpit. So, so, so more than likely, there was some type of tension between him and his siblings. Because they knew Joseph wasn't the biological father. Not only that. So that's another thing that Jesus went through. But, but being God incarnate, I'm only assuming. Now, I, again, I'm not being prophetic. I'm only assuming that there were some type of social issues going on in Jesus' life. He, he's God. We, do we all agree to that? So, so, I'm, so I'm assuming that he didn't always fit in the crowd. I mean, God can't hide He had to have some type of special disposition about him. You know how I know this? As I think about it, who in the world, do you know a 12-year-old who goes to church on Sunday and leaves his parents behind and you go looking for him frantically? Now, you would go to Josh's house to go look for him, playing games. Jesus is found in the synagogue teaching the elders and they're listening to him. I can only assume that Jesus didn't have friends busting down his door on Saturday morning. So he went through things. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm just using my holy imagination. There were practical things that Jesus went through. But other than that, they're not necessarily abnormal. Most of Jesus's life was pretty calm from the age of 12 to 30 when his ministry started. And so we're finding him in Golgotha being crucified now. He went from this valley, excuse me, this mountaintop that is super high. All these miracles are following his life. It looks like his ministry is exploding, and it is. He's opening the blind eyes. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. You give him some empanadas, and he lays hands on them, and they multiply, and he feeds. Okay, it wasn't empanadas. It was bread. I'm just having fun. Bread and fish and multiplies and feeds 5,000 people. How do I get 5,000? Because it says 5,000 people, not counting women and children. And so he's multiplying food. Lepers are being cleansed. He's messing up funerals. He's laying hands in caskets and raising the dead. He's calling people to come out of the tombs. They come out bound hand and foot and alive that were dead for four days. He's calming storms. He's walking on water. He's doing all these incredible miracles. He's getting all these Facebook likes almost overnight, Instagram followers, and people following him. There wasn't Instagram back then, but he had a lot of followers. And then he goes from this mountain high to this super valley low. And so, in these three and a half years, his seeming high, uh, soaring ministry of success comes to the screeching halt. And you know what I've been thinking all this past week? How this relates to how God's methodology is in our personal lives, is that things can be going great in one moment, and all of the sudden, everything changes. It's all it takes is a loss of a loved one, a job loss, losing your house, a health issue, marital problems. And so I was just thinking on how incredibly quickly seasons in our personal lives change. And we all need change. We don't all welcome difficult change. But I believe that all change can work out for your good and God's glory if we will have divine perspective as we go through it. And so I have a message quickly. I want to preach this really quick, even the the next 15 minutes. And it's entitled this. And it's related around this story where we're seeing Jesus be crucified. And it's this. Are you ready? Look at somebody and say, get ready for this one. When forward feels like reverse. Did you hear what I just said? When forward feels like reverse. Did you hear what I just said? Come on, come on. Say forward. When forward feels like reverse. For some of you, and I feel this so prophetically, for some of you, you are in a great season. Just do me a favor while you're here. Put this message in your pocket because there's gonna come a time you need it. There's gonna come a time when it doesn't feel like you're going forward in the things of God or in your destiny or what God has called you to. But can I tell you, even the darkest seasons of your life, you are moving forward. And I want you to look with someone prophetically for me. Look at, come on, look in their eyes and say, it may not feel like it, but you're moving forward. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. It may feel like you're taking a step back. But I prophetically and I feel even the unction to tell you, you are moving forward. Jesus didn't feel like he was moving forward. As a matter of fact, his disciples vehemently disagreed with Jesus. Don't go to the cross because it's not forward. The devil will oftentimes try to talk you out of difficult seasons, but when you do that, you do it to your own demise. When you try to to deliver yourself too quickly out of seasons that God is wanting to strategically prepare you for, because if you get out too quickly, you won't be prepared for the blessing that is coming. Because even blessings attract difficulty. When people say, I want a promotion, I want a job, I want a spouse, all of those things are great and they are, yes, they are blessing, but they all come with their own difficulties that wear many different faces. More responsibility, more headache, less time, all of these things. So difficult seasons oftentimes prepare us for what God has for us in our lives. So I know it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like many of you are moving forward this morning, but I tell you, even by the Spirit, you are moving forward, even though it feels like you're in reverse gear. Say, I'm moving forward. Listen to Peter's disposition as I read Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. And it says, from that same time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer. Everybody say suffer. "Suffer." And he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. He's talking about the crucifixion. He will suffer many things by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. But then Peter, good old Peter, took Jesus aside. He said, you know, Jesus, far be it from you. This shall not happen to you. But he turned aside to Peter and he said, Get behind me, Satan. I cannot picture us saying this to our friends who are trying to get us out of a difficult situation. Some of us have well-meaning friends. But Jesus is basically trying to tell Peter his intention for delivering him would be satanic. Did you, did you hear what I said? Now, this is way better than some what some of you guys are looking like. But I am telling you, there are times and seasons that we go through that are extremely difficult. And it is satanic to even retract or try to remove yourself from it, because God has an intention for your future, and he knows you can't, Go there unless he got you in this position because there's something he's wanting to do in and through your life, something he's wanting to do in your mind, something he's wanting to do in your marriage, something he's wanting to do in your job, something that he's wanting to do in your ministry, something he's wanting to do in your children's lives in your children's children's lives. And we cannot teach our children to run from difficulty because what it does is we call it hereditary curses in this church is we set patterns on how to run from God's processes. And you can never enter into God's promises unless you go through His process. Amen. I, the Lord, do not change, the Bible says. I know the last hundreds of sermons we've been taught that if things are going difficult in our life, and everything is falling apart. My loved ones are dying. I've got health issues going on. I'm losing my job. We're taught that God has forsaken us, and that's exactly what Jesus felt, but God had a divine perspective in mind. He was going to use this difficulty. He was going to use the cross. He was going to use the suffering to save the world and to radically touch the world and cause the church to be birthed and cause a great awakening to ensue. So today, this morning, whatever your cross looks like, I'm telling you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may feel like you're going in reverse. You may feel like your marriage was about to fall apart, but I tell you right now, the devil has overplayed his hand. You may think that your destiny is over and God can't use you, but I'm telling you, you're moving forward and you're not going in reverse. And so Jesus... I I wrote it like this. Peter saw Jesus suffering... As a demotion, not an advancement. Did you hear that? Do not misjudge your circumstance. Where you think it would demote, where it would diminish, God is causing advancement. But I want you, Jesus had two choices. Say he had two choices. Is this okay? Jesus had two choices. Number one, don't go to the cross. The result? There would still be have been revival in Israel, I'm sure of it. I mean, how do you not have revival when all these healings are taking place? I mean, the poor are getting the gospel. People are being saved in droves. So there would have been a level of revival, and I'm sure it would have reached many parts of the country. And Jesus could have made friends with the government eventually, all the religious leaders, and played by their rules, played their hand, continued to make some type of impact, I believe, on Israel. However, I'm sure the results wouldn't have survived a couple of generations if that. He would have just been another revivalist or choice number 2, go to the cross and die in our place. The result, the church was birthed. Worldwide revival would come. The salvation of many. Salvation would be made available to all. And has been because that's the reality that we're living in right now. And and listen to this. The Holy Spirit would not have come if Jesus didn't go to the cross. Do you remember what it says in John chapter 16, verse seven? Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go through this cross or this dark season, because I tell you, That if I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. But if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. So, this this whole result of Jesus dying opened up the gate for all of us to enter into something profound. Somebody say, when reverse feels like, excuse me, when forward feels like reverse. Say it again, when forward feels like reverse. Listen, I have seen many setbacks in my life, and if I could be quite honest with you and transparent, I feel a whole lot older than I look. It might take you a second to catch that one. I said I feel a whole lot older than I look. I've been through many things, many different types of things. I feel like an 80-year-old sometimes at heart. It's not just because I read some of these old revivalists. It's because of many difficulties I've, I've been through. Can I share just a couple, just to give you some practical perspective? I have often shared about the murder of my dad, not to harp on that, but I want to I I show you something in that thread that I didn't see as a nine-year-old boy when my father was murdered. That's my son's age. My son is nine, same age. And the result was I went on a quest To find the Lord in order to fill a hole in my heart that only God could fill. If my father had not been murdered like that, I doubt that I would ever stand before you this morning. This would have never happened. This would have never been birthed. I would have never went on a quest for the Lord to search for answers. What felt like reverse was me moving forward. And for the child of God, this doesn't relate to the person who refuses God. Why? Because he, he can't. He only works with surrender. Did you know that? God can work with just about anything except sin and surrender. Excuse me. He can work with anything except sin. He can only work with surrender. Does that make sense to everybody? And so I went on this personal quest to find God and, 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 and all of that my greatest seeming setback caused me to advance in the Lord. And my relationship began to grow with him. So my forward was feeling like reverse, but God works out all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And around year five, I started my company about 20 years ago. And I have a partner. He's now working together again. But about year five, I was 50% owner. It had nothing to do. wasn't church related. It's I actually still do this full time, ministry and this particular, particular uh, company that I have. So 20 years ago, I even put my own money into it to fund this thing, to start it. And the person who helped me start it basically fired me. He fired. me. I was young, and so I just walked away, hurt, felt rejected. All of those things. And then I called a friend of mine, Dean Blankenship, who had a, a big company. My, my, here was my issue. I was great at leading myself, but I didn't know how to lead people. I was great at doing this particular job myself, but I wasn't great at leading people. So, so this thing that felt like reverse, I mean, I was devastated. Because I didn't know any other trade at that time. And so... My brother Matt is looking at me so intently, he's wondering, where is he gonna go with this? He knows about it pretty, but I've never really talked about it publicly. So I get fired and I talk to Dean Blankenship, who's one of our leaders here. He sits in the front, he's not here today. He was a part of a very large company. And he says, Yeah, I have something for you. And I came up under an hourly rate, took a took a little bit of a pay cut and such. But then he started putting me around like large staff members and I had to start running lots of different crews and things of that nature. And the tool that I would need later on, I started learning with him. Now the short story is, is after years of working with him, learning to manage massive projects, I've never told you this. I learned to manage massive projects. I was working with SeaWorld. I was there yesterday looking at some of the old stuff that I did there a lot of the commercial stuff and working all those long nights, working with many, many different teams. And just a few years later, I would pick back up my company and the guy who fired me is now working with me again. And now it just works. What I thought was reverse was me actually going forward because I needed to, in order for the company to go forward, I had to feel like I was going through reverse and learning some things that I needed for the future. of what it would, Because listen, listen to this, listen to this. God knows who you're going to become and so while you're looking at this situation, you're looking at your marriage, you're looking at your singleness, you're looking at the stress of working two jobs as a single mother, you're looking at this difficulty of why your ministry is not thriving, prospering, all of those things, God knows he needs to put you in this particular place, in this particular season in your life because he needs you to become who he's called you to be because he knows what you're going to face ahead. He knows what he's called you to. He who has created the ear. Can he not hear? He who's created the eye. Can he not see? God knows the end of things at the very beginning. And so don't let this stressful season that you're going through deter you, cause you to break your focus, cause you to become hopeless because for the child of God, lose is not in your dictionary. It doesn't exist for the child of God. Only victory If we trust in the Lord, always remember this. God takes special care of his kids. He will always see to it to work that thing out for his glory and your good. Somebody say, when forward feels like reverse. Listen, when Jesus headed to the cross, I'm almost done. It was gonna be short today. When Jesus headed to the cross, it felt like reverse, didn't it? You know what I think about, Rick? I think about when Jesus was in Gethsemane right before the soldiers came and took Jesus. And you know what he said? Father, if it be thine will, let this cup pass from me. You want me to interpret it? There's got to be another way. This is what the enemy whispers to us. There's got to be another way. There's got to be another way to fulfill your will. Many of us have our nicely paying job and our comforts and our pleasures, and yet you say at one side of your mouth, I want to fulfill the will of God. And then you tell them, you can fulfill it through my life as long as I can keep this. Because there's got to be another way. And I hate to say this, church, but it is the truth. Many times what leads us to God's ultimate promise comes with a cross first. This isn't preached enough. That's why people backslide at a rampant rate. Is because the God who has preached On a contemporary Sunday morning is not the God you see in your crucifixion. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He warned the believer. Now don't let me don't let me mislead you into thinking there's not glory, there's not resurrection. There's not prosperity, there's not wholeness, there's not peace, there's all of those things. But Jesus had to pass through something before he received the resurrection. And for many of you, you're feeling like you're in reverse gear. You, you, do, do not park at the thought of, this is my lot, this is my Golgotha. This, it's all going to end here. Do you know what the Bible says? If you suffer with Jesus, you will reign with him. Do you know why most people do not enter into the next seasons of destiny and purpose? And you feel like you've been going around and around relationship to oh can I talk to you? relationship to relationship, degree to degree, trying to fill all of these different voids, trying trying this, trying that, trying a different job, trying a different ministry, a different church. God will continue to allow us to go round and round and round until we do this very thing that I wanted to preach again the other day. Surrender. Many times, my kid, I have a three-year-old trying to help her and doctor her up when she scratches herself, trying to help her, trying to clean it, put ointment on it, put the Band-Aid, and she refused and flails and flings and stop, no. And here I am saying, I'm not trying to hurt you. I want to help you. Many of us are adults, teenagers, men and women do this very thing with the Lord. We're kicking and we're pushing back. You know what, you know what Jesus said to the Apostle Paul? Stand to your feet. Are you receiving anything? He said it's hard to kick against the goad. Goat is another word for for prick or a pointy stick that they would use to, to get the sheep going. In other words, it's hard to kick against a pointed thing. In other words, listen, if you have prayed about it, if you have fasted about it, if you have pressed and you have contended and you're still facing what you're facing and it just hasn't lifted, don't run from it go through it and say like Jesus said nevertheless not my will but thine and I, I hear even the spirit of the Lord saying when you embrace this thing that you are going through You will move forward. Yes. Many of you in this room feel stuck relationally, stuck at your job, stuck at this, stuck at that, just in a stuck position. But my counsel to you is this, do not resist. Submit to the Lord because there's something that this thing is going to do in your character. It's going to make it Christ-like. It's going to make you ready for what's next, what lays ahead for your lives. God wants to use you, each and every one of you, every one of you. He's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. I said he's coming quickly, very quickly. I heard a preacher once say, if the disciples were in the last days, we were in the last minutes. It's time for us to grow as believers. Who wants to suffer? Nobody in their right mind, humanly speaking, wants to suffer go through difficulty. But there's one thing that you're praying about that thing will do. Bring you closer to Jesus. Cause that suffering, David, to give you perspective. Eternal perspective. And I believe that each and every difficult situation that if we could get that thing in our mind's eye right now, if you look long enough at it, certainly you can see God's hand trying to mold you and shape you into who he's called you to be. And I know as, that, as we embrace that thing, as we pray and we seek his face through it, no matter how much This going forward feels like reverse. I know by the Spirit you are moving forward. Because surrender is a sign of growth. Yes, I hear that, Lord. Then God can trust you with forward. Did you know God loves everybody but doesn't trust everybody? The person who has suffered can be trusted. That's why I hired our worship leader who lost her teenage boy and she hadn't sang in a church in a long time. And she said, why would you even think about choosing me? I said, because I still see you on YouTube loving Jesus while you're bleeding to death. Anybody who suffers like that and can still hold on to Jesus can lead and be trusted with leadership. Some of your worship team won't show up if they got nothing to do that morning. But when you show up and you're bleeding like that, you're worthy to lead. I pray this message sinks so deep in your heart this morning. Father, I pray that you would give us all supernatural perspective. So many in here I know are hurting, going through difficult seasons, feeling like they've been set back. Lord, give us perspective. So many feeling like they're in reverse gear. It's like even I hear, it's like I It sounds weird. It's like I hear chatter. People saying like, why am I still in this position? Why is that change not coming? And I I just hear the sweetness of the Lord saying, although this feels like reverse child, I'm moving you forward. I'm moving you forward. Because I have not seen ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Father, I just pray that you would sink this message so deep into our hearts about how the picture of the cross, seemingly Jesus's ministry being set back Was actually a means to go forward and I pray that you would give your people a practical application on how this applies to their lives our lives because we're all suffering to some degree all of us are facing questions and difficulties and stresses things that we just cannot make sense of Lord I pray for each and every one Lord you would help them help us to see that this was a forward move in your kingdom whatever we're going through thanks so much for joining us we hope this message impacted you today if you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977 interested in hearing more Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.